This is Legend. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. <laughs> and we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the note this time. Yeah. Not my good. sticky. Good, good. So I need to tell you what happened to me at the gym today. What happened to you at the gym today? Well, um, I had a wardrobe malfunction again. <laughs> I love how it's again. (laughs) Okay. This is the first time this specific one has happened. But remember yesterday when Uh, I was telling you about my underwear being all bunched up? (laughs) (laughs) And you thought it might be a sock? Yeah. (laughs) Today, I just put my pants on backwards. So did you have like pockets? in weird places or do you not have pockets on your leggings or are they leggings the thing is with workout leggings like usually the pockets are just on the side the only way I could tell was because they like arc up and they were arcing back so (laughs) it was wrong it felt weird oh it felt very weird they were really high on the front (laughs) (laughs) were you showing crack to the gym gym people no 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 my shirts i make sure they're very very long (laughs) especially with these pants because these pants are like straight see-through so there's wait they're (laughs) see-through they're from kohl's and they're really cheap material so like if i bend over to do anything you're seeing my underwear so i make sure that if i wear them i'm wearing black underwear (laughs) and when i bend over my butt is towards the wall (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like my leggings though they're all all of them I can't find any that don't become see-through <laughs> when I bend over so I always make sure I'm wearing like dresses or like long the long shirts it's because you got to pay like 50 dollars for them now fuck no <laughs> I buy my leggings from Target online because I don't have a Target <laughs> person <laughs> I buy my workout leggings from Target I love Target. They're the best. Are you ready to hear what we are going to talk about today? I sure am. Okay, so we are going to do, well, I'm going to tell you about the Warrens today. And so this is like a prequel to the next couple of episodes I'm going to do because they've uh, been involved with a ton of famous cases and there's a couple of them I really want to cover the next one I'm going to do uh, I want to cover because I really want to show the controversial side of the Warrens so all right let's get into it you're not going to ask me if I know what they are I mean you'd have to live under a rock <laughs> if you like what we like And don't know who the Warrens are. They were in the Amityville horror book, or they were mentioned. Yes, that's one of the cases I intend on covering in the next couple of episodes. And I will talk about that. (laughs) All right. So this is just kind of like, it's it's like their history. And it's uh, 
like how they met and all that but then also I'm gonna do like really brief summary of a couple of their really big cases like really brief because I want to cover them so Ed Warren Miney and Lorraine Rita Warren were American paranormal investigators associated with several prominent cases of alleged hauntings Ed was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, mm-hmm. author, and lecturer. Lorraine professed to being a clairvoyant and a light trance medium. So I didn't really know what that meant. Me a light tra- Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I found an article from the Arthur Finley College. And so on their website, they state... Um, Quote, the world's foremost college for the advancement of spiritualism and psychic sciences. End quote. Hmm. That sounds pretty fun. I want to go it, there. You should check out their website. It's they have so I'll, I'll get into it, but oh I'm I'll just get into it right now, actually, because it was my next sentence. They have master classes that you can take. Like online. All, yeah, in like all their different categories um so in case anybody was interested in that um so they describe trance mediumship as a mental mediumship not physical they state that this means quote it is a process of the mind when we understand how the spirit controls impage i'd never heard that word in my life so i looked it up thank you (laughs) Yeah, it's I-M-P-I-N-G-E. So impige or impinge. I think impige. But anyways, so the first definition was to have an effect or impact, especially a negative one. (laughs) The second definition was advance over an area belonging to someone or something else. Otherwise, or other in other words, encroach. Ah. Or number three... In the case of physics, it means to strike. So I'm thinking it's number one, which is have an effect or impact, especially negative one. That sounds about right. I mean, just thinking about what I know about them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, anyways, back to the quote, when we understand how the spirit controls impage with their thoughts on the medium's mind, The greater the cooperation between the medium and the spirit, the more control they have, end quote. Essentially, the medium lulls themselves into a trance, 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 put themselves in a trance, (laughs) into a trance, um, (laughs) which subdues their conscious minds, which allows the spirit to establish their presence and communicate with the medium. So Ed and Lorraine were both members of the Roman Catholic Church, and they both believed that people who lacked faith were more likely to get possessed. Hmm. So that's kind of just like a little synopsis now. Here's where we get into their history. Ed Warren Miney was born on September 7th, 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now, here's something I didn't really look for the answer to, but am confused so they go by the warrens mm-hmm. uh, lorraine takes warren as her last name but there's no hyphen between warren and miney on edward's name 
So he just, I don't know where that last name comes from. And they're just referred to as the Warrens. So hmm. I don't know. Maybe but, he um, dropped the other at some point. Or? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, so Ed met Lorraine when he was 16 years old. He worked as the usher at the Colonial Theater in Bridgeport, where Lorraine and her mother were regulars, and they became friends. One night, as Lorraine and a few of her friends went to the theater to watch a movie, before entering, one of her friends informed her that there was a boy that worked there that she may be interested in. Ooh. <laughs> Love. <laughs> um so there's a quote from Lorraine in the article I read uh and she recalled thinking quote gee what a nice looking young man <laughs> <laughs> and this part and quote he smelled like Noxzema <laughs> oh nice <laughs> he washed his face yeah that's <laughs> I that's what I said I, I said oh, <laughs> which I haven't smelled Noxzema since I was a kid but I'm pretty Same. sure I remember it smelling kind of astringent, but I mean, whatever's your thing. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a minty. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, maybe, I don't know. Why did we have it? Oh, no clue. (laughs) But we did. Mm -hmm. Um, While the girls were at the theater, Ed told them that he would buy them all a Coke, which was five cents at the time break the freaking bank oh just wait but when lorraine went to get her drink she asked for an ice cream soda which was 10 cents oh my gosh i guess really testing him (laughs) (laughs) later in life ed would always say that uh he always knew that she was a gold digger from (laughs) that experience (laughs) nice (laughs) So after this, Ed walked her all the way back to her house because since none of the girls could drive, they all had walked from their homes to the theater. And she said that when she got home, she wrote in her journal, quote, today I met the man I'm going to marry, end quote. Oh my gosh. Jeez. (laughs) They're babies. But I mean, I never wrote that I was going to marry Matt in my You didn't because I wrote after so many boyfriends I used to write in my notebook and write my name with their last name to see if it sounded good well I would do that but I never said I was gonna marry them I just had to test out writing (laughs) yeah I mean I freaking did it with Nick Carter and stuff too (laughs) (laughs) Amy Amy Carter Carter. (laughs) oh it sounds so nice So Ed would go on to serve in the U.S. Navy at the ripe old age of 17 in 1944. After basic training, he was assigned to a ship that was aiding Allied forces in the Pacific Theater against Japan. Warren had only been enlisted for four months when the ship he was on collided with a tanker, causing it to slowly sink. Warren and his shipmates were forced to jump into the freezing water. And it said that while he was in the water, he prayed for his safe return home so that he could see Lorraine. Oh, I thought it would just be because he didn't want to freeze to death. (laughs) No, he's a romantic. Yeah, it's just so he could see her and not die a horrible death. (laughs) Once he was pulled from the water by a rescue ship, according to naval protocol, he was granted a 30-day pass called 
survivors leave. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was thinking about that. Like, so it makes sense, honestly. And you survive, you get to leave. But I mean, if you're dead, you have to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, on this leave, he asked Lorraine, who had who he had been dating for over a year at this point, to marry him. And only a few days later, they were married on May 22nd, 1945. How sweet. (laughs) So after his military service, Ed and Lorraine had a daughter named Judy in 1951. And in the same year, he attended Yale's art subsidiary, Perry Art School, which he mostly painted haunted houses throughout Connecticut. I would be down for that job. I know. I, for some reason, did not decide to look up any of his paintings but he's actually really well known for his like ghostly paintings I guess Mm -hmm. that he did you'll have to find one so we can put it in our yes I'm going I just want to see it stuff I just I mean (laughs) I wrote this like a week ago or like a few weeks ago so I think I just kind of forgot (laughs) to look um understandable in 1952 After two years of art school, Ed withdrew from the school and he and Lorraine decided to set up pop-up stands throughout tourist areas of Massachusetts, Vermont, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, selling Ed's paintings. In the same year, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. God, that that was hard for me to say. Psychic Research. (laughs) Um... And its acronym is NESPR, N-E-S-P-R. NESPR. And so this is something that gets me. Lorraine at the time was a skeptic. Okay. And then she became a medium. (laughs) But anyways. Maybe she just opened herself up. Maybe. I mean, sure. (laughs) Um. So Nesper is the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. And on their website, they have an amazing timeline of Ed and Lorraine's life and the cases that they investigated. Uh, Nesper is now run by their son-in-law, Tony Spera. That's nice that they kept it in the family. Yeah. So now, obviously, as a paranormal podcast... (laughs) A lot of the cases the Warrens investigated are cases I plan to cover within like the next few episodes. So I don't want to go into too much detail of each case, but like I said, I want to give like a brief summary of some of their bigger cases. Um, and just so you guys can see kind of how like they were the it people. Like if you were having a problem, they were like the people you wanted to come and help you like figure it out or get rid of like if it was a possession or whatever they were everywhere (laughs) so tell me if this one starts to sound familiar to you in 1968 a 28 year old nursing student named donna was given a raggedy ann doll as a gift by her mother i wonder (laughs) what that is (laughs) i was just waiting so if you've seen Annabelle the movie, the doll in that movie looks absolutely nothing like the actual doll. That's good because Raggedy Ann is way creepier than that doll. 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, and it is, it's a Raggedy Ann doll. And so she brings it home to where she lives with her roommate, Angie. Angie loved the doll and named it Annabelle. Immediately. Wait, they're grown ass adults and her mom got her a freaking doll. Yes. And she brought it to her roommate. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I believe me. I was like, what? And it went into some detail, which when I cover Annabelle, I will look for, cause I know I. I'm pretty sure I saw a reason for it, but I I just really wanted to give like a summary for this. So when we do Annabelle, I will try to put that in there. Good. Cause I really (laughs) want to know what the heck is up with that. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, Angie loved the doll. She named it Annabelle. Um, Immediately the doll started to freak the woman out. The location of the doll would change. It would be found with its arms and legs in different positions than how it was left. Apparently, there would also be strange messages left around the apartment. (laughs) And it was written on parchment paper that they didn't own. (laughs) And I know it's her own paper. I guess. And she magically makes it come out of nowhere. Her Um, butt. butt. It, it wasn't parchment paper it was stained brown because it was toilet paper <laughs> that's it um they said that the notes were usually cries for help and were written in what seemed like child's handwriting and it would say things like help us if it was cries for help then clearly um yeah, that makes sense <laughs> donna said she even discovered blood drops on the doll's hands and chests at one time And a friend of Donna's named Lou claimed he had been choked by the doll until he passed out, among other (laughs) very scary incidents with the doll. So Donna How much does this doll weigh, though? Like, really? It's, yeah. Have you ever held a Raggedy Ann doll? Even a big Raggedy Ann doll? Yeah, they're like nothing. Yeah, they're like two pounds, maybe. Yeah. That's if it's stuffed well. Yeah, for real. I had one as a kid, and they are nothing (laughs) um oh so donna decided to reach out to a priest for help the priest talked with another priest for advice and they decided that the best thing to do was reach out to ed and lorraine warren they um i wrote preferred a seance but no they performed a seance (laughs) um And we're told that the spirit of Annabelle was a seven-year-old girl who made Donna and Angie feel bad. Um, Oh, it was a seven-year-old girl which made Donna and Angie feel bad. Um, And so that they they told Annabelle that she could stay with them. Even after it choked out their friend, they felt bad for her. So they were like, Yeah, even if I had a a seven-year-old that was choking out any of my friends, I would just be like okay you're gonna go away now (laughs) yeah (laughs) bye um but yeah they told annabelle that she could stay and i guess um it just got worse (laughs) yeah oh my gosh (laughs) and so ed and lorraine said that they didn't believe the spirit was a little girl at all uh they believed it was a demonic entity trying to trick the women eventually aiming to possess one of them Uh, the Warrens performed um, an exorcism 
actually i don't think that's true oh okay because i think i remember reading that the warrens never performed exorcisms so they probably had an exorcism performed but it was not by the warrens oh yeah so here we go i'm answering my own questions <laughs> they asked an ep- episcopal ep- episcopal <laughs> <laughs> I cannot speak. They asked an Episcopal priest named Father Cook and they performed an exorcism. They say the exorcism was not a complete success and incidents were still occurring. So Angie and Donna asked the Warrens to take Annabelle and the Warrens claimed to have similar experiences with the doll, such as it moving around their house. Um, they created a special glass case to contain the doll, which seemed to keep it put. Was it lined with gold? You know what? I don't know. But I've seen it. It's just like a wooden box with glass <laughs> on the sides. Okay. So the next case that I'm going to talk about is the Perrin family. And I'm I'm not saying what it is right off the bat because I want you to, to see if you can figure it out. Okay. Okay. In 1971, the Perrin family, which consists of Carolyn and Roger, the parents, and five kids, moved into a uh, 14-bedroom farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. That's huge. It is huge. (laughs) Immediately after moving in, they started experiencing strange activity. The girls said that they started to notice spirits around the house, but for the most part, they were friendly. They contacted the Warrens and they looked into the history and Lorraine conducted a seance during which Carolyn became possessed. She was talking in tongues and levitating. Anything? I don't know. See, they all turn into like the same movies. Yeah, (laughs) they kind of do. Someone was possessed. Is this the one where the girl is possessed in the garage or the barn? I don't even know. Are you thinking that. about the exorcism of Emily Rose? I think I am. I love that movie, <laughs> but no. This is the story behind The Conjuring. That was my second guess just because yeah. it's the most popular. Well, I also did not I don't know why, but I like went way in for Annabelle's little summary and then for the rest of them I was like, nope. Too much information. I need to trim it down. So I think <laughs> it's missing some very important parts for you to really connect. I just thought maybe after saying they had five kids. They, they Honestly, I haven't watched The Conjuring for so many years. Me and either, I just actually. don't absorb things like most people do. So I can watch it again and it'll be a whole new movie for me. <laughs> well, actually, I think that's a talent. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's The Conjuring. And then another one. I I want you to guess, but then I just kind of give it away in the first sentence. So I'm Amityville. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guess I won. <laughs> you did. You great. I said in 1974 in Amityville. Oh New my York. gosh. <laughs> what 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 case is it? Yes. <laughs> um, Ronald DeFeo brutally murdered his parents and his four siblings as they slept. One year later, George and Kathleen Lutz, or Lutz, I think it's Lutz. I think it's Lutz. Yeah, bought the home. And along with the home, they bought most of the DeFeo's furniture, 
They only stayed in the home for 28 days before they claimed that they were forced to move out because of a demonic entity. The next year, in May of 1975, five months after the Lutz moved out, the Warrens were investigating the home along with the news crew to document it. Supposedly, during the investigation, the infrared time-lapse camera captured the image of a demonic boy standing at the bottom of the stairs. And I'm not kidding. When I saw that photo, <laughs> it is actually pretty fucking scary. That's and good. I don't know how you would explain it. So I read this book. Don't. I'm not giving anything away. Because I'm going to cover it. So, <laughs> But I just want you to know, it doesn't go into the Warrens part of it. It just mentions that they had done some research there. But that book was so boring. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, it's so good. You have no. to do it for research. No, <laughs> it just went on and on and on. And like, I don't know. I, I was expecting more. I don't know. I guess I'll get more into what I was expecting when you cover it. Okay. Um, but it, it was a disappointment. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no, wait, don't see <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Um, okay, so my last case that I want to talk about, because I'm also going to cover, um, if you haven't noticed, these are going to be the four episodes that I do, because I find these episodes the most interesting. Um, okay, so another famous case they participated in was The Haunting in Connecticut. If you've ever seen that movie, which I really like that movie. Um, that was but a good this, one. this case in particular, this and um, Amityville out of the Warrens cases, they interest me the most because this is kind of where you'll see like I'm because a little later in the episode, I'm going to get into some controversy with the Warrens. And in these two episodes, this is kind of where you can or in these two cases, not episodes, yet (laughs) you can see (laughs) where this controversy comes from like you can understand why and it's really the haunting in Connecticut for me that gets me so anyway um that's for that episode in 1986 the Snedeker family you think I would have looked that up with how much I've said that lately nah the Snedeker family which consists of Alan and Carmen and their three, I wrote songs, their three sons, one daughter, <laughs> and two nieces move into a duplex in Southington, Connecticut, which used to be a funeral home. They report so much activity that it's literally insane, um, along with a personality change in their oldest son, who is undergoing treatment for Hodgkin's disease. Um, I have Hodgkin's disease, too. <laughs> You can't see me, but I'm making eyes at Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, they don't really know that my last name was Hodges. Oh, well, hi, everybody. Amy's (laughs) Amy's last name used to be Hodges at one point. (laughs) And in writing, I refer to her as Hodgekins a lot. Constantly. So I guess I have Hodgekins disease. Yes, yes. You know, I was thinking about that the other day and... 
Remember when I tried to do Etsy for a minute and I named I my store Hodgkins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tender moments. Yeah. Um, so anyways, like I said, there's a lot of controversy with this case. Lawrence determined that the house was possessed. And I'm not going to say anything more about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> In uh, 1952, the Warrens founded their own museum called the Warrens Occult Museum, which is located in Monroe, Connecticut. And here's just like a list of some things that the museum has besides Annabelle, because Annabelle is in the museum and probably one of their most famous attractions. Number one, there is a haunted piano that Ed would hear playing on its own. But if he went to see who was playing it, it would immediately stop. Uh, They allegedly got it from a priest after the priest had died. Number two, there is a samurai suit that is supposedly cursed. That sounds amazing. It's really cool to look at. I saw a picture of it. (laughs) Um, Number three, cursed photographs. Understandable. Mm -hmm. There is a brick from the Borley Rectory, which claims to be the most haunted building in the UK which, by the way, is another case I will be covering. <laughs> um, children's tombstones that were allegedly used in occult rituals. That's which is fucked. Yeah. Real human skulls. Yes. Didn't specify where they came from. But <laughs> real human skulls. Um, pearls of death, which is supposedly... <laughs> The most dangerous item in the Warrens Museum. It's a necklace, obviously a pearl necklace that's cursed, and it's said to strangle people who wear it them. That's awesome. I want to see it put to the test. I do too. <laughs> I mean, obviously have some medical help there to, you know, make someone sure with they some don't scissors die. or pliers to cut yeah. it. <laughs> um, they also have a satanic idol that was found in the woods in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. And the Warrens uh, think it was used in satanic rituals. That was my last one. Was that before or after the Sandy Hook shooting? I have no idea. I didn't look at a date. I'm I'm thinking it was before, but don't quote me. I don't know for <laughs> sure. Um, so Ed and Lorraine have both passed away now. Ed passed on August 23rd, 2006 at the age of 79. Abundant nine. <laughs> um, apparently, his health had been deteriorating for roughly five years before then. In 2001, he allegedly collapsed while letting his cat inside. The paramedics were able to restart his heart, but he remained in a coma for 11 weeks. Ooh. Mm-hmm. On April 18th, 2019, Lorraine passed away in her sleep at 92 years old in her home in Monroe, Connecticut. Do you think it ever crossed their minds that they're like, I'm old, I'm done with this. And then they wanted to put the necklace on. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea, but I mean, I would probably have thought that a bunch of times, but strangling is not exactly a preferred method of dying to me. Maybe. I mean, not my preferred way of dying, but maybe if you like, took a lot of ambient or something first it's that lack of oxygen thing i just don't (laughs) i don't want that either 
Yeah, I just don't want to like have to suffer through that feeling. Um, oh, I found Ed Warren's obituary and I thought it would be kind of nice to read just part of it um, after all this paranormal stuff um, because this is a little insight as to what he was like outside of the paranormal, I guess. So um, this is the quote. It says, Ed was also an avid animal lover and advocate, having rescued numerous animals over the years. When once asked if he feared death, Mr. Warren remarked, no, I don't fear it. Not one iota. I know I'll be going to a beautiful place, a place so spectacular it defies words. As Jackie Gleason once said, when asked the same question, why should I fear it? I'm going to die anyway. End quote. I just thought it was kind of nice. Like he was a big animal person and it was like a good little teeny tiny insight as to what he was outside of (laughs) being a ghost hunter or whatever all his life. Um, Also at the bottom of the obituary, it states in lieu of flowers, memorial contribution in Ed's memory may be made to the animal center. And then I know. And then it goes on to give like their address and stuff, but it was a while ago, so I didn't list it. But same, bro. Same. If you want flowers for people, just yes, give it to animals. Yes, that's I'm literally probably gonna have that in mind as well. But I just thought that was so nice. Like, there's controversy, and we're gonna get into it with them, and you know, possibly not being what they seem but always gotta love a good animal person definitely um so now we're gonna get into the controversy (laughs) um steve novella and perry d angelis investigated the warrants for the new england skeptical society which their acronym is ness which i think is kind of funny i love ness that's my favorite console well I just think it's kind of funny because they're the skeptical society and Nessie is Nessie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally didn't even connect that. I just went video games. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Ness for a minute. <laughs> Ness is a nonprofit educational organization dedicated to promoting science and reason. The Connecticut Skeptical Society was founded in January 1966 by Stephen Novella, Perry D. Angeles, and Bob Novella. And then, so they joined this Connecticut Skeptical Society. They joined with the Skeptical Inquirers of New England, SIGN, um, which is their acronym. And from there, they became NESS. Like, they combined... And they became one organization. So Ness has invented invented. <laughs> Ness has investigated claims of paranormal activity, Satanism, homeopathy, which to this I say yes, do that because I have choice words about homeopathy. <laughs> um, anyways, dowsing rods, cults, UFOs, and like a shit ton of other things. Um, There was a section in the Wikipedia article about them that I found kind of hilarious, so I'm going to quote it. It says, 
In October 1966, Novella had been on a Ricky Lake show that talked about vampires. <laughs> one, one claimed to be a psychic vampire and could drain people's minds. DeAngelis stood up in the audience, spread his arms, and said, drain me. <laughs> the psychic claimed that it does not work in public. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> DeAngelis later stated, quote, I had my doubts she could drain a sink, end quote. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so I know, weird, I loved it. Funny. I, was, I was reading it and I was like, I'm adding that. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the controversy with the Warrens. Yes, please. Um, I found an article from thenest.com, which is Ness's official website that was and the article was written by Perry DeAngelis and Stephen Novella in July of 1970, or ooh, not that far back, 1997. Um, the article starts out by saying, Ed and Lorraine Warren have been investigating hauntings for over 40 years and claim to have mountains of proof for their existence of ghosts, for the existence of ghosts. We no, just their existence, <laughs> their existence of ghosts. I have written, we sound to examine. I think I meant to say we sought to examine their evidence <laughs> to see if it stands up to the scientific rigor they claim to endorse. So, in the article, they state that the Warrens wanted to move um, paranormal research, like they wanted, they were moving to make it a legitimate science. Which I am all for. Yeah. I mean, I watch Ghost Hunters and all that, and I love them so much because I feel like they're trying to do it as scientifically as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, they want to use real science to back up their claims of the porn, the, the porn and normal. <laughs> the porn and normal. <laughs> I want to make that a very, very serious science <laughs> oh my gosh guys <laughs> okay uh the claims of the paranormal however uh they claim that the warrens did anything but that they state that rather than an earnest search for the truth regardless of what that may be their society meaning nesper uh, seeks only to support their prior assumption that the phenomenon is real. Um, they did a museum tour, which they paid for through Ed and Lorraine's museum. They talk about all the clutter and all the artifacts, quote unquote, uh, that they saw. <laughs> yeah, that they saw uh, at the museum. Um, one thing I think is funny to point out is that one of the books they happen to have with their other ghostly tomes as they referred to it was a book titled unearthed arcana and that happens to be a DD role-playing game book <laughs> yeah it sure is <laughs> so i'm not sure if the book like was cursed or you know one of their possessed items or whatever <laughs> It, or if they just really believed that it was some sort of like book about demons or something, I don't know. 
I would really hope not, because usually, you know, D&D has, like, D&D on the top of it. So, like, if they really believed that, there's mm. a whole section of books they could go get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the article was unclear about it, but it was hilarious to me either way. <laughs> um, so Novella and DeAngelis went through a bunch of photographic evidence um, and video evidence that the Warrens had collected over the years. But they talk about how they weren't actually allowed to take any of it and have it analyzed by an actual company to see about their legitimacy yeah ed said he just absolutely would not allow it um they did say that ed let them take one video that's it one video to have analyzed and it's a video of a man dematerializing they said um quote on tape a young man walks into the room scratches his head and then poof disappears this extraordinary occurrence is quickly followed by a ghost light appearing momentarily on the window behind the scene so they took the video to the hb group which is apparently a professional video company and um i have no idea if they're still in business or not but they took it in for Probably not. analysis. No, I, I very much doubt it. Um, <clears throat> they have an excerpt from the information that the HB group uh, sent back to them about their analysis. So I'm just going to read their quote. Quote, we are witnessing a wipe in this segment of the videotape. Although there are several different ways in video editing to achieve a wiping effect, The most simple of ways has been employed here. Deliberately or accidentally, the camcorder stopped recording camcorder (laughs) stopped recording on the final frame of the person in the room and then resumed recording just a few seconds after the person had moved outside of the view of the camera. On a related observation, the properties of light alone could dictate a hundred different explanations for the mysterious dot of light that appears a few seconds after the man vanishes and they have vanishes in quotes yeah however i believe that this dot of light was caused by the reflection through the dining room window of the headlights of a passing car the passing headlights can be seen if you watch the right hand side of the screen just after the dot of light fades out end quote so I'm thinking <laughs> it's not legit. What? Um, in the article, Novella and DeAngelis go on to say that the evidence they've been given by the warrants is less than compelling. Uh, to quote them, they say, quote, it was, in fact, a simple malfunction at best and fraud at worst, end quote. Uh-huh. They go on to point out that if the Warrens would have just had the same thing done to that videotape, had it analyzed, um, they would have known that the video wasn't real right away. And this, they say, proves their point that they aren't actually trying to find scientific proof. They just see it and instantly believe it and want others to believe it. So other than that video, they weren't really given any other evidence to examine it sounds like they would really fall for a lot of the uh, dumb shit on Facebook. 
Yeah, it's like that schizoid or whatever. Yeah, the personality we talked about for I mean, Slenderman. That's pretty much it. Gullible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they go on to talk about their witness accounts. And I mean, this this article is very long and very in-depth. And so I kind of just skipped. I didn't skip <laughs> over it, but I didn't add it into this because it was a lot. But basically, they believe that everything is a crock of shit. <laughs> like, everything. Um, and I, like I said, I highly suggest that you go read that article it's really informative and i am not saying that the warrens maybe did not like see a thing or two in their really long careers of doing it um i but i've always personally been under the impression that they are not exactly what they seem to be same and i'm okay cool cool (laughs) i'm sure i'm gonna catch a lot of flack from people who really love them uh, I'm definitely not trying to be offensive, but like I've said in previous episodes, I am a skeptic, but I I do want to believe nothing fascinates me more than the paranormal. Um, and I have personally had several experiences in my life that make me lean towards wanting to believe it. So all I want is someone to prove it to me using a scientific method of some sort uh not bunk science you know um okay so i'm going to finish this up with well i'm going to finish up their article with their summary because i think it says a lot uh quote in the final analysis the field of research into spiritual and ghostly phenomena lacks any scientific rigor the field is fully in unreservedly a pseudo science and then i put in you know parentheses or whatever i'm i would like to say that this article was published in 1997 and <laughs> i do personally believe that ghost hunting teams have come a really long way since then to definitely scientific methods yeah technology has changed a lot too exactly so. and i think the line of thinking has changed a lot too like i was saying they they really want to make it a legitimate science and they're using things that are in equipment and things like that to actually record evidence. So what they're saying right now, I do believe is true for the time for 1997 and for the Warrens, but not, not now. So just keep that in mind. Um, So the Warrens and their colleagues pay lip service to scientific principles, but when confronted with the lack of scientific quality to their methods and evidence, they typically retreat, as Ed Warren did, to the position that, quote, you can't have scientific evidence for a spiritual phenomenon, end quote. They want the respectability of science without the tedious work, careful thought, and high standards of evidence that it demands, end quote. Now, the last thing I'm going to (laughs) say is I want to talk about the Warrens pertaining to pop culture because we both know that they are in a shit ton of shit. So, (laughs) yes, a shit ton, a metric shit ton. (laughs) Very much. 
Uh, they've had several films made, and I mean, they haven't had several films made, but there have been several films made about cases that they have been in and where they are the protagonists. That's the right word, right? Protagonist, yes, because antagonist is the bad person. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Why do I question myself? Yeah. <laughs> I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> um, so they've had the amateur amateurville oh my god guys it's late i'm tired <laughs> i think i'm catching a cold if you cannot tell by my voice um so the amityville horror series they have a made for tv movie based on the smurl haunting which i haven't looked into but i'm curious never heard um of like i said if you go to the nesper website and you click on the link, there are literally file folders of every case, and you can click on it, and it tells you everything about evidence-wise that they have. <laughs> so it's pretty freaking cool, and I did see the Smurl haunting on there, because I just kind of glanced over them, but I didn't read it, so that's one I'm going to have to look into. Um, but it's titled The Haunted. Then there's the film The Haunting in Connecticut, hmm. which I love that one, and... <laughs> um. They, then they have the Conjuring universe, and that's in quotes. Yeah. Um, so that consists of the Conjuring, the Conjuring 2, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, the Nun, Annabelle Comes Home, and then the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It. Which I've seen the Conjuring. <laughs> I have seen the Conjuring. I have seen Annabelle. I have not seen the Nun. I have not seen any of them except for the first one. And I've seen Amityville Horror. Oh, definitely. All of I've them. I've only seen one of them, though. Uh, which one? I don't know. Because was, it wasn't the original one. Was it Ryan was Reynolds in it? If he was in it, and I was he the dad? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> that was like one of few times that I've been like, damn. <laughs> he's so fucking hot oh my jesus christ i love ryan reynolds oh see if you really look at his face it's kind of wonky no so i was just thinking this earlier because he came up in um in a i think it was a tiktok video or a facebook reel one of those like really short ones because he's friends with hugh jackman Mm -hmm. and i guess it was hugh jackman's birthday and so it starts on his face on ryan reynolds face really close up and i was like hey (laughs) you're so cute really (laughs) yes his face looks kind of dorky it's just when you pull back and you get the full package with the personality and everything that's when he's attractive but if you're just looking at his face personality His personality 100% sends him over the edge into the hot, hot, hot zone. But do I think he's physically attractive? Yes, I do. And just so you know, that video ended with him pulling the camera all the way down to his socks. And his socks just had Hugh Jackman's face all over it. (laughs) Sounds about right. He's so cute. He looks very good with a beard in Amityville Horror. And he had obviously worked out a lot. Yeah, that's probably why, because I'm used to, you know, clean shaven or at least like just a little bit of stubble, because that's what he has like in that video, too. I was so 
and he was wearing this hat and he was just so <laughs> cute oh my goodness i love him and after i saw deadpool like i said oh my gosh <laughs> i could not love him any more than Deadpool. than that have you ever noticed that almost all movies he's in anymore he's like just narrating deadpool? it oh i yes i have noticed that he's just he narrates the whole damn thing i watched he just uh, has a really like free guy i want to watch that so bad it was really good i watched it's it twice Disney. in like a day because i watched it for myself and then it was like oh my god matt has got to watch this so then i watched it again with him <laughs> i i really want to watch it when i was getting my tattoo my tattoo artist told me i had to watch it because it was in theaters at the time mm-hmm. and then i never did because i don't leave my house yeah so. <laughs> understandable i wasn't so, gonna yeah. go to the theater to see it but i i did see it was on disney plus i think yep. and i was like i'm gonna watch that and then i forgot about it but now my heart is a little lusty for some ryan reynolds <laughs> so i think i'm gonna have to watch it <laughs> so what do you think about the warrens so i've never really liked them I don't think they're very credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I get the vibe that they're just kind of in it for the attention. Yeah. You uh, know, we're going to catch like so much flack for this, right? <laughs> really? Just- I have never thought that people actually liked them. <laughs> no, I know people that really like them. Wow. So. We will talk about it through the other four stories that I plan on doing. We'll have a little debate on whether we think it's credible or not, but I can (laughs) tell you for sure that when we get to the haunting in Connecticut, that is the case that really like nailed, you know, the nail in the coffin for them, for me. I was like, nope. (laughs) they're not legitimate like no speaking of that movie i think that was one of like the first scary movies matt and i watched like that like a haunting type movie i think that's first one we watched together i don't know i have a very strong memory of watching that movie with him can i tell you a secret what i just watched that movie for the first time like two months ago three months ago (laughs) not for this podcast in any way I just me and my friend Katie have girls night like probably once a month and all we do literally is stay up till five o'clock in the morning watching every scary movie we like just obscure ass scary movies and she was like have you ever seen the haunting in Connecticut and I was like nope and she made me watch it and I fucking love that movie how do you get through this without breaking someone's hand watching these? Okay, so either I have <laughs> grown a really thick skin or it's just a very specific type of scary movie because since <laughs> since The Strangers, mm-hmm. nothing has scared me. Nothing. Nothing has scared me like that ever. Just Did The Strangers. You ever watch Hush? I love Hush. Oh my god. It's, yeah, it's you so know, good. it's pretty much like strangers, but even worse because she's deaf and it's like, oh my yes. freaking god. <laughs> Me and Mormon watched that just randomly, like we were just looking for something to watch, and it came up 
and I was like, this sounds really good. I'd never even <laughs> heard of it. And we watched it like thinking, you know, scary movies, 99% of them aren't good. And so mm-hmm. we were like, eh, sure, we'll watch it. And seriously, at the end of it, we were like, oh my God, she's such a good <laughs> actress. She like, is. I love her. She was in the, yes. the other shows too. What were, what were those? Haunting on Hill House or whatever? Haunting of Hill It House? was her. Yeah. I had <laughs> no. I didn't put that together until you just I watched said that. Haunting of Hill House and then the, the Briar one or whatever. I was like, good freaking God, this woman is so familiar. And she's and then fucking I beautiful. She, like, is. she is. She is gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, this has been fun. Don't hate us. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate us. It's just our opinion. We don't hate you. Yeah, just tell us your opinion. We'll just have a back and forth. Not a you're yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk it out. Not not call each other horrible names. Um. So, like I said, let us know what you think. Be kind. I know everybody is. I I don't know. Oops. Can you hear that? No, I mean, there's nothing now. Okay, <laughs> my litter box. Your... Oh. No, my litter box is going off, and a... it's so loud. <laughs> Anyways, you just just let us know what you think. Okay, we want stories, <laughs> and if you can hear my litter box, I apologize. But <laughs> cleaning itself a because damn robotic I'm house lazy. <laughs> um and also don't forget to send in your stories if you have any about any paranormal encounters or if you saw cryptid at some point or urban legends amy's swinging her hair around right now like she's rocking out to some to some rock music um yeah so you should send them to (laughs) us on our social media at facebook instagram and tiktok at this is legend pod we also have our email this is legend pod at gmail.com and our website this is legend pod.com so keep it spooky classy and sassy but most of all keep it legendary see ya adios <laughs>